This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. So welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Ultimate Global Podcast. Um, this is a very different sort of episode because uh, generally we are doing more towards startups or marketing or sales or world affairs. Very different kind of episode this time we are doing in that sense because the topic of this uh, podcast is the art of studying suburbs as a property investment advisor. And we've got a, uh, we've got a very talented individual joining us from the city of Sydney. His name is Arnab Mathi. He's the founder of Buyer Buy. And Buyer Buy is a data-driven property buying advocacy, helping property buyers in Australia. Uh, so he's kind of evaluating different suburbs, understanding on the basis of data, advising people which suburbs they should be investing in. And I'm sure that real estate investment is not only a hot topic to discuss within Australia, but I think um, in all the countries, I see that real estate investment is something which people always love doing, um, you know, investing their savings into something which can give them good returns in the long run, but they don't understand where to invest, how to invest. Uh, and if that can be backed by certain data, if that can be backed by data-driven decisions, um, I feel that can be helpful uh, to a lot of people. So, Arna, welcome to this episode. Uh, first of all, would love to understand more about uh, what is Buyer Buy and what are you trying to achieve through this uh, organization which you have just started in this year uh, through the story that you already told me before. Sure. Thanks, uh, thanks, Sora, for uh, the lovely introduction. Yeah, so Buyer Buy uh, is a property buying advocacy where where we help uh, everyday Australians buy a dream home or or build an investment portfolio using property as a vehicle. So we essentially source um, properties. We we strategize on the kind of properties that uh, a particular a client of ours should buy based on their current financial situation. We also then evaluate, we negotiate, we inspect, we and help settle. So it's an end-to-end um, buying service. But what we really focus on is the main part, which is sort of the strategy and research part of, of how do we pick these properties? Where do we pick these properties? So that's the kind of um, aspect that we focus a lot, lot more on. So we do uh, tap into a lot of data sources within Australia, and then we have our own little um system where we do some predictive analysis on the kind of suburbs that are looking good from a growth perspective or let's say cash flow perspective so that's that's what we essentially do yeah one of the interesting things when i was discussing with you on that day that you're so good in picking up the suburbs and discussing about different suburbs in a in a city um so how do you identify which suburb is is uh, better than the other one are you looking into certain factors? For example, from a layman's point of view, I can look at factors like how close it is from the CBD, um, how infrastructure-wise it's developed in that uh, in that locality. What are the data-driven factors that you actually look at um, while you are suggesting to your consumers? Absolutely. So, so the factors that you mentioned are important. So, obviously, this is from CBD, uh, you know, infrastructure growth, or let's say job 
um, growth and all of that is important. But there are there are a lot of microeconomic factors around basic stuff like demand and supply of a particular suburb, which might not be you know directly correlated to their distance from the CBD or or certain other wider factors. And these are the factors that we kind of study, which is really at a granular level. And sometimes it's not necessarily at a suburb, but it could be a zone of suburb. It's like, let's say, three, four suburbs in a cluster. And, and they might be showing certain signs of high demand because of various reasons. And uh, irrespective of, let's say, um, them being far from the CBD, like if I can give an example in Sydney, um, you would see that there are certain suburbs within the northwest of Sydney or southwest of Sydney that, that are seeing a lot of growth because there's new house and land packages in there. A lot of people are preferring to buy that sort of product where they want to go and buy a land, they put a house on, in it, even though it's a smaller block. But that's the kind of product that a lot of people are liking. So you'll see that you know necessarily it's not really close to the CBD or some of the other factors if you put in. It's, it's not a direct correlation, but there is demand in there. So there are, there are factors where we can look at uh, demands based on you know, things like, if I can give you, um, like, how, what's the online search interest, let's say, on that particular suburb? Like, how many people are actually browsing on the internet, going and looking at properties in that suburb? So we do get access to that sort of data, and we study those, and that gives us a bit of idea of how hot is that suburb from a demand perspective. So that's, that's one aspect. The other would be, let's say, supply. So again, very basic economic stuff, but is there a lot of development happening in that area? Are there a lot of green acreage properties which might get redeveloped into, again, house and land packages or kind of maybe there's a lot of apartments coming into that suburb? Because that kind of tells us that, look, in two, three years, if you've got a lot of supply coming up, there's going to be down the pressure on price. So it's a, it's a bit of a balancing act, but at then you're going to the basics of economics um, at a suburb or at a sort of suburb cluster level. Yeah. Yep. I might point now uh, to George because uh, we might want to understand from a consumer's point of view as well, because George has been uh, living in Sydney for years and years, born and brought up in Sydney himself. How do you see this uh, art of studying suburbs as a property investment advisor for a topic? Because I really find it fascinating, this art of studying suburbs. I think it can help you in a lot of other things as well, uh, as well, George. Well, I think the to be buying property and not studying the suburbs to me would just be insane. It's um, the buyer has to have knowledge to be able to make a uh, an informed decision. And so, what happens with a lot of people is that they they might say, "Oh, we want to live in a particular suburb," um, but without without the in depth knowledge. You, you don't know you don't know the good streets and the bad streets you don't know the 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 potential for that to grow or not to grow um, so um, the understanding of the marketplace um, really Arnim, Arnim is just doing the reverse of what a salesperson should be doing if a salesperson is trying to sell you have to understand your marketplace what Arnab's saying is, well, if I'm going to buy, I have to understand the marketplace because he, he wants to be able to advise people <clears throat> um, this is a good area because it looks like it's got good growth or, yes, the prices are very attractive, but this area is actually 
been stagnant and doesn't appear to be going to grow for whatever economic reasons. So, yeah, very, very uh, logical approach. And if yeah. and if your and if your um, your advisor isn't doing this sort of thing, um, you should change your advisor. And I, I guess Arnold would suggest they should change to him. <laughs> I mean, look, I would I would just um, bring one one little point here. So, uh, property investment is a very popular uh, topic in Australia, and as sort of you were alluding to earlier, it's a it's a hardly uh, it, it's a topic that's very uh, popular at the barbecues, at a lot of social events. People love talking about property. But what we all sort of sometimes forget is that it could be one of the largest investments in your life. A lot of people only probably get one or two investment properties in all their lifetime. So uh, not having the research and not having the education or not, not getting a professional by your side, is that really how you want to make that largest investment of your life? Um, that's, I think, a big question. Like when you look at investing in stocks, you go and read a whole bunch of things on the internet, look at all the you know, stock gurus, what are they saying, you study the companies, all that. So similarly, why wouldn't you do that for, for buying a property? Why would you just go by the color of the house and because Uncle Joe said something on, bar, on the barbecue that that particular street looks really nice? I mean, you've got to have to back it with data. So it's, it's, yeah, it's quite simple just from an investment perspective if you look at it, yeah. Got to have the education. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And do you think that uh, what you are doing uh, through through your work is there anything which is which you can also take from uh, that to your personal life and apply there uh, when you are trying to study the art of suburbs? Uh, is there something which you think you can also apply in your personal life from there? A really interesting question, sort of, on how we can take the, the art of studying suburbs to, uh, to other aspects of our life. Look, I would say with any buying decision that we make, like let's say you're buying a, a new car, you would go to a whole bunch of websites, you would compare the various specs. Most buyers would do that. Or you would ask a few experts or maybe go to an expert website and look at some blogs or blogs or whatever, right? So... It applies to really any decision that we make when it involves money, and it's it's something that we are uh, we're buying. So you can absolutely take that whole aspect of uh, you know researching and knowing what we're buying to any any aspect of our life or any purchase decision that we make. And um, I think one should be also understanding different kind of scenarios in this industry. For me or George, who are not uh, a part of this industry, would love to understand from you, you know, what have been some of your learnings when you interact with uh, people uh, who want to invest? Have there been some good experience, good experiences for you or bad experiences for you? Or you think that uh, I could have uh, maybe advised that person better at an early stage when you were starting your own business. Now you have grown into a mature business. Do you, do you have such scenarios um, with your business that you have started? All the time, all the time. So every time I, I, I bump into someone, they say that they've made a decision and they've already bought something and, and now they're, and they kind of come to me saying, oh, this hasn't worked and, and this didn't go right, that didn't go right. And then if I try and unpack that, I see most of the times what went wrong was probably they didn't pick the right suburb, as we know. They didn't pick the right product because sometimes the product is also very important. So it's not just the suburb, but what are you buying in that suburb? Are you buy, buying a house? with a significant piece of land in it? Are you buying a unit, like an apartment unit? Where, so 
that really matters as well. So a lot of people have probably picked the right suburb but went with the wrong product. Or so those kind of things are something that do come up. And personally, I've made those mistakes myself in the last 10, 11 years of my own investment journey. I bought absolutely wrong properties that did not perform. The properties that I have sold for a loss. So I, I actually do. Uh, I don't glorify the losses, but I do talk about them more in terms of the mistakes that I've made, which I don't want, let's say, uh, my clients or anyone that I'm talking to to not make those mistakes um, in investment. Yeah. Um, might want to ask George as well regarding his investment decisions. Um, do you have any regrets, any positives from maybe what you might have invested in the past, George, especially with regards to the real estate? <laughs> Um, no, I've actually done quite well out of real estate over the years. Um, <coughs> um, it's interesting. I just want to take up on a point that Arnon made earlier on. Um, uh, I've written a number of books, Arnon, and one of them is called Never Fear a Buying Decision Again. And within that book, I talk to people about making the decisions and really understanding what is the decision you're making at the moment and looking all at all the various aspects and trying to remove the emotion away from the decision. And I think in property, quite a lot of people um, have bought property with too much emotion and not enough logic. Uh, the number of people over the years that I hear have made a bad investment property decision, and it's because they bought a place that they fell in love with, but they weren't going to live in the damn thing. Um, as opposed to uh, my daughter years ago bought a property in a suburb that she had no intention of living in ever. Um, so, but she, they still have that property and uh, she's, she's done very well out of it. Uh, as far as regrets in investment, Sarah, um, fortunately at a very young age, I was taught a, a thing that was uh, by my mentor um, and he said to me, when you buy a dozen at a time, every now and again, you'll get caught with a dozen. If you buy a carton at a time, every now and again, you'll get caught with a carton. If you buy a pallet at a time, every now and again, you'll get caught with a pallet. And if you buy a container at a time, every now and again, you'll get caught with a container. Um, I have bought, uh, using that analogy, I have bought containers and I have bought cartons and I have bought pallets and every now and again, get caught with one of them you 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 can't invest and get a hundred percent right and if anybody tells me that they have um i would run a mile because i don't believe that to be the case um as arnon would would be quite happy to tell you it's from the mistakes you make that cause you to make a much better positive later on um you you if you don't if you don't get burnt early um, then what happens is you get bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's when you get burnt with a big mistake. So no, I'm I'm have I have all of my investments been great? No, I've lost some big money. I've made some big money. So you just got to take it as a learning experience, but try and work out what you did wrong, and from there move in. But again, um, if you're not if you're not analysing your purchase decision. Um, then you might be in the right suburb of buying the wrong product or you might be buying the right product, but in, 
in the right suburb or the wrong product in the right suburb. You know, there's there's so many combinations of how you could get it wrong. Absolutely. And one of the things, Anab, I really wanted to discuss with you uh, in this uh, podcast uh, with regards to the Australians and this in this uh, year when we have been talking about inflation rates, we have been talking about the war in Russia, uh, you know, Russia-Ukraine war that has been happening. It's been impacting the prices of houses um, as well and the rents around the world. And Australia is uh, also impacted by that. One of the questions was raised earlier in this year that the young Australians are now finding it difficult to kind of have their saving to invest uh, in a house for their future. Do you also feel that this has kind of impacted the, your particular industry or maybe certain section of buyers who might be before saying that, yeah, I think I can invest now, but now they're kind of saying that, uh, maybe not now, but one or two years down the line. Have you also been listening to such kind of uh, answers in your industry? Because there was a survey done a few months back in Australia, which said that young Australians uh, are finding it difficult. Uh, and that's why some of them are also going for multiple jobs so that they have more saving to invest. Sure. <clears throat> so I'll answer it in two ways. So one, obviously, is the whole aspect of rising interest rates and all of that and overall the buyer buyer aspect um so look absolutely there's a lot of negativity there's a lot of buyers who are still sitting on the fence waiting for the market to get better or things to get better and and the interesting part is when it was a hot market last year everything was up 20 percent. then everyone said we wanted to go down then we would invest this is the time but now we are again saying oh we sh it should go up why is it going down then i would invest so sometimes some people would just literally, they can't make a decision. Now, uh, has this affected a lot of people? Absolutely. A lot of people have got their serviceability shrinked. They couldn't borrow as, as much as they could earlier because of the interest rates going up. So it has affected a lot of investors, 100%. Now, the other aspect to your question was about young Australians and their ability to buy uh, a, a house or a property. Now, there is a trend that I'm seeing a lot with the young Australians. And look, they're way smarter than a lot of us, trust me. And when I talk to them, they, they, they know exactly what's going on. And a lot of them have come up with this concept, which is now becoming very popular. It's called rent vesting. So they're renting where they love to live. And they're investing in a place which works from the numbers perspective. So let's say they are in Brisbane, but they're completely um, zoned out in terms of uh, affordability so they're they're renting out near the brisbane cbd but they're buying in adelaide they're buying a property in adelaide which is a nice house with a block of land and they're waiting for their dream home to come in five years rather than jumping in now trying to buy a dream home and maximizing their serviceability so that's a trend that i'm seeing a lot and a lot of young australians are actually quite quite smart at picking that and saying you know what no, no i'm fine i don't want to buy that dream home now i'm happy to wait for five years, build the capital base using my investments and then go for it. And who knows in five years where I'll be and where I would want to live. So it's it's a very smart thing that I'm seeing a lot. And and that's absolutely opening up a lot of new markets. Um, there's a lot of investors going interstate. They're becoming more open, obviously. Earlier on, it was all buying in my backyard, uh, which kind of George alluded to a little bit. You, you, you want to buy an investment property where you like to live which was such a wrong thing at most times. But now it's changing. It's, I could see the trend.
that is changing yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I find it very fascinating because I keep on hearing this a lot in the news. So I thought that is the right time to ask you because you're already there um, in this uh, podcast. I also wanted to ask you uh, another question, which was related to this fact that do you identify any of uh, the traits that a successful real, real estate investor must have while they're investing into their uh, into this market? Mm. Be a good saver. You have to save a portion of your income. So the less, uh, you know, the, the people I see who are successful in, in property investing or any investing are, are, are good savers where they have got a, whatever it is, I don't want to put a number, but let's say 10%, 20%, 30% of their income saved. And then they're using that to go into investment and look, once you buy your first or your second investment, they are going to, once they start performing, they will create the domino effect where they will allow you to buy more and go on, so on and so forth to build a portfolio. But to get to that first or the second, you do need a bit of saving. And, and that's one thing um, that I'm seeing that the ones that are able to save up well, they're able to get into the investment journey much, much earlier. And they're able to continue to build the portfolio faster. So it's it's all it all boils down to saving, you know, and your choices you make: dining out, going out on the big dinners, the parties. I'm not saying don't do it, but yeah, maybe just just save a portion of your income. Um, you know, that's the that's the fastest way to get there. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on this, George? On the same question of a successful uh, investor traits that you should have. I think a, a successful investor is like any other person that's in business or wants to do well in life. If you don't have a strategy and you don't stick to the strategy, then you're, you're destined to fail. So whatever your strategy is, uh, it needs to be well thought out. Emotion needs to be minimised. Logic needs to be maximised. And then you have to be able to see the short term, the medium term and the long term picture. The other thing is that um, you have to be able to understand what your budget is. Um, I, I'm very concerned about companies that promote uh, negative gearing uh, opportunities because uh, negative gearing uh, sounds like this great idea. The problem is negative gearing is, is, is about you getting a tax advantage because you're losing money. Now, now, we're talking about, oh, yes, but you get the property growth and all of that. Go and have a look at a few people now that have invested with, with just a, a 3 or 4% increase in the, in the interest rates. They're in trouble already. They're in trouble with the first half a percent, let alone the last quarter of a percent. So I, I, I personally believe that investments uh, in, in real estate should always be considered uh, very cautiously if they're not positively geared. And the advantage of a positively geared property investment is it's not relying on your salary to keep the thing going. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your insights, uh, Arnab, and also George, because I think there were a lot of uh, important things that we discussed in this particular podcast. As I said, it was very different from the others that we do. A real estate is something which we haven't discussed 
anytime yet. But again, as we say that we talk about people's stories here, every person has got a different story. And that's why I wanted to bring in Arnab, whom I met a few days ago at uh, one of the events. Any final thoughts from you, Arnab, on this podcast and in general? No, I think, um, look, I, I would want to thank you and George for, uh, for being here and yeah, for giving me this opportunity to, to, to talk to um, your audience. Um, yeah, look, uh, at the end of the day, a property or, or anything else, I think yeah, it's it's a good idea to invest. It's a good idea to build for the future, because um, at the yeah. end of the day, uh, having having that a, as a habit uh, always helps you. And and like George was saying, like you know, you would make that odd mistake, but if you're in the habit of investing and you're in the habit of you know growing a portfolio, that will serve you well in in future eventually when you're looking at retirement or any other stage in your life when you need that additional support. Um, so investing is a good thing. No matter what you invest in, I'm not going to be biasing this to property because that's my thing. But whatever it is, uh, I don't get bitcoins and cryptos, so I won't talk about those. But um, anything that you are investing in that you get, please do invest, do save and do invest. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Bitcoin is getting down and down every day as well. Sometimes it just randomly shoots up. But that's another topic for discussion on some other episode that we have. But thank you so much, George and Arnab. Uh, hope to see you again on some other topic, Arnab. This is an Ultimate Global Podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.